the year 1953. A plane touches down at Smithies Airport in Sydney. On board is an American named Lee Gordon. The Australian music scene will never be the same again. From then until now, these are the stories. Hey there, this is Josh Ersam and you're listening to Awesome Aussie Songs. This episode is on Axiom and their classic song, A Little Ray of Sunshine. Our special guest is the one and only Brian Cadd. A little ray of sunshine has come into the world. A little ray of sunshine in the shape of a girl. Brian Catt is regarded as one of Australia's finest singer-songwriters, whether as a solo artist or as a member of highly respected bands such as Axiom, The Group or The Bootleg Family Band, Catt has been a leader of creativity in this country. As a songwriter, he is responsible for one of the most enduring and emotion-evoking hits in the history of Australian rock and roll. The song is of course A Little Ray of Sunshine. Brian co-wrote the song with Axiom's bass player Don Moody. Not only did they create a song that would tug at the heartstrings of generations of music fans, they also had the added advantage of having the legendary voice of Glenn Shurrock singing their song. Brian's mother and father were tennis champions, with both his parents winning Western Australian state titles. Given the choice of playing tennis or learning the piano, he bucked the family trend and chose music over sport, although his choice did come with an ulterior motive. From my point of view... I took piano lessons because I was madly in love with this. I mean, I was very young, nine or something, ten. But I was madly in love. Oh, no, I would have been a bit older. I was madly in love with this chick called Cheryl, and I could never, I was too shy to talk to her or anything. But I figured out that the the half-hour lesson that was offered to me was directly after hers on Thursday or whenever it was. So I took it. Because for, for these few fabulous minutes every Thursday, we were in the same room together. That's absolutely the truth. <laughs> but I suppose when I think about it, I've been fooling around with, with piano and stuff since I was really little. I mean, quite, quite little. Back in those days, a lot of homes had, um, you know, old, old upright pianos in the hallway or in the living room and no one much ever played them, but they were sort of from previous generations, and we had one. And apparently when I was quite young, I was able to sit there and pick out little tunes, not my tunes, but tunes that were on the radio or people were singing. And so I suppose in a way, even though I, I didn't really acknowledge it until le- you know, when I finally admitted that I was going to take lessons, I, I really probably was able to, to play by ear from a fairly early age, I just didn't concentrate on it because it wasn't on my radar. You know, the idea of playing piano was absolutely lunatic. You know, who would do that? What young red-blooded Australian male from Perth would ever do that? It turns out it worked out all right in the end. After moving to Melbourne, Brian first came to notice with the band The Jackson Kings. Brian and the band's vocalist, Ronnie Charles, were both recruited to join the already established band The Group. Prior to Caddy and Ronnie joining the band, the group had already released two top ten hit singles through CBS Records, 
Old Hound Dog and Best in Africa in 1966. They also released another single, I'm Satisfied, with this song making it into the national top 20. Remarkably the first time Brian attempted to write an original song, he hit a home run. He was joined by the group's drummer Richard Wright, and their collaboration produced a national top 5 hit, Woman You're Breaking Me. take a more detailed look at Woman You're Breaking Me in a future episode of the podcast. The group's other big hit was Such a Lovely Way, written by Brian and Don Moody. Again, this song is another one that we'll have a future episode about. Brian told us some great stories about the group and their adventures. Here's a reminder of Such a Lovely Way. As I said, we'll release more episodes of the group and go deeper into their story. However, spoiler alert, the group broke up in 1969. Not letting the grass grow under his feet, a new band Axiom was formed when Brian and Don Moody joined forces with the Twilight's lead singer Glenn Shark. Drummer Doug Lavery was recruited from the Valentines and lead guitarist Chris Stockley came from another hit band, Campact. Owing to the fact that Axiom was made up of already established recording artists, the media immediately dubbed the new band Australia's first supergroup. Glenn has been quoted as saying that the expectation of being a supergroup was a heavy load to carry, and Brian agrees. He's right, you know, and we've often said that together, that we started off being a supergroup, you know. Now, that's almost impossible to live up to. You know, we just wanted to be, a, we were influenced by the Flying Burritos and some of the really early bands on the West Coast um, of America, like the Birds and, you know, uh, way before the Eagles. But we liked that kind of country rock stuff and well, that's all we wanted to be. We, we had no, you know, no aspirations to be the Beatles or whatever was going on. We just wanted to play country rock and we were writing those kind of songs. Don Moody and I were writing at that point point. we wrote a lot of stuff. But the very first gig we had, for instance, they built us up so largely 
it was almost impossible for us to go on stage and live up to what they wanted. And we just did our little country rock songs and sang harmonies and told a few stories and had fun. And I think they were expecting Led Zeppelin or something. You know? <laughs> and so, so it got to be a bit, you know, got to be a, a bit of a hard row for a little while. But once we had, once we had Arkansas Grass, we proved that we could make records. And that first album was a real, I think it was a really good album. I, I can listen to it now and there's a lot of stuff I can't listen to. But I still listen to that album, enjoy it. And, of course, then when we had A Little Ray of Sunshine, that was sort of the icing on the cake. And then I think we earned a reputation at that point that people put onto us way before we'd done anything important. But um, from then on, it was wonderful. And I, I'm very proud of the fact that the Axiom body of work actually really stood the, the test of time. And Shark and I do... So we do shows together every now and again when we can stand it and they can afford the liquor bill and <laughs> the drinks rider. And we've got Stockley in the band and Lavery in the band, so we've basically got most of Axiom in the band. And during the show we do quite a number of Axiom songs and they don't seem to really have aged. You know, they're not – if you play the group songs, they really sound like the 60s. But Arkansas grass and stuff like that doesn't. It sort of sounds in a strange way kind of comparable to what Americana's doing right now, you know. So I'm proud of the fact that those songs and that period has sort of stood the test of time, you know. Prior to recording Little Ray of Sunshine, Axiom had their first chart success with Arkansas grass, reaching number seven in December 1969 and staying in the charts for 18 weeks. If General McAllister gave up the wars And all of the people back to their chores And all the king's horses and all the king's men could go home If all of the people were on the same side There'd be no need to run, there'd be no need to hide And all of us here I know I'm probably sounding like a broken record here, but we'll also feature Arkansas Grass in its own standalone episode. Doug Lavery left the band and was replaced by the Avengers drummer Don Liebler. Axiom then backed up their initial chart success when they released A Little Ray of Sunshine. It's no surprise that such a beautiful song came from deep within Brian's heart and that the writing of the song came as a more cathartic experience for him, rather than any attempt to write a hit record. Little did Axiom know the effect that this song would go on to have. You're right. We didn't know. We didn't have a clue. It was once. This is a song that I wrote. And I, to be fair, I wrote it with Don. He wrote some of the words. 
but I, I started the song. So, and the reason that I did was because I was, it was something was going on personally, not with me, but within the group of people we all hung with. And, you know, the story's not important, but the punchline is that there was a lot of trouble with the couple who had this little baby and it sort of seemed like she was being ignored because everyone was going out, all the people either sided with the guy or with the gal and you know how that works. And and it just seemed so unfair. <laughs> unfair. In the middle of this, there was this little girl, this beautiful little girl who just happened to arrive in the world. So I really just wrote it for her. And I didn't actually think that it would be even recorded, much as a single. It wasn't pitched as a single. We had a bunch of other things. We had a song called Forsbridge, uh, which was much closer to Arkansas Grass and much closer to what we were as a band. Anyway, we went into the studio and during the course of making the album, we recorded Sunshine. Because at that point, the record company, who just wanted a hit, heard that and they said, no, that's it. Absolutely, that's it. And it, it was, a, you know, it was a very big hit. And, and we play and I still play it now and Glenn plays it and, and, and a lot of people play it. But the truth is that I don't know that I really realised the impact that it had then. You know, I was only 20-something, you know, not very old. And then we went to England, uh, you know, so as a result of that. So I didn't really catch what was going on with the song in Australia too much. But over the years, you know, in, in CD lines after the show or if you're going through an airport, you know, someone will stop you and say, I just want to tell you, you know, that song meant so much to me because I had a little Gloria and when when the record came out, you know, she she was she arrived, you know, when it was on the radio and so we always took it to be her song. And I, I'd love to have... I'd love to have a dollar for every time that's been said. Having So having said that, let me say that that was, I came to that realisation not immediately. That was later, much later in life when I, I had all these people coming up to me. <laughs> and then I had people coming up to me who were the original Little Ray of Sunshine, and this happens to me now, with a little original, original Sunshine like Gloria, and our Gloria's had a daughter. And so she passes on the little ray of sunshine thing to her daughter and probably to her granddaughter and et cetera, et cetera. So one of the lucky things about the song is that it tends to be, it's not um, generational. It seems to go from one generation to another. And that's, that's the best thing that a, a songwriter can dream about. That's the ultimate gift if a song can travel through the, through the years and still mean stuff to people. That's great. Most of the song's lyrics are pretty much self-explanatory. However, there are a few lines that are a little more ambiguous in their meaning. Brian was kind enough to break down what he meant when he wrote the song. The first is... Her father says she has to have a name Not the same as her mom's But a name just the same It was just a little sort of flippy thing because... There had been a tradition often, and it's still now, still nowadays, but, but a lot more back then where people would tend to name their offspring after themselves. I think that's, you know, like they would have boys did it a lot worse. So there'd be Freddie and then there'd be Freddie Jr., you know. And it seems like they thought that was a way of keeping the line moving or going. And I always thought that was a weird thing to do. 
that you you couldn't have your own name. You had to have your mother's name or your father's name. And it was a little bit of a dig at that, but not really. It just sort of fitted the phrase and it sang well. You know, it fitted where it was supposed to go musically. Another line that is not so straightforward in its meaning is the one about the baby girl's hair being like her dad's. Have you noticed she's just like her father? I think that I'd rather her hair was much darker. Um, I did just have that thought that there's a strange bit with people when they have kids, you know, they sort of say things like that. They sort of say, oh, you know, I kind of was thinking that she might be a bit, you know, her hair might be darker or, or she might have got blue eyes or she might have been really blonde like a mother or like a grandmother. Or, and they sort of try and, <laughs> they try and change it, you know, they're trying to wish it on and the kid's just going to come out how the kid comes out. And I just thought that was a, a rather strange thing to do to put their trip on on this little tiny weenie kid. But it, trust me, it, it wasn't – those lines are not supposed to be lines that are terribly deep and meaningful, In certainly not in a negative sense. It was a song that was written about the celebration of this kid arriving. That's all it was about. And so I, I hope overall it's considered a very positive song. Little Ray of Sunshine was written at a time when Aussie males weren't as forthcoming with their feelings compared with today. There was a perception that by showing your emotions it made you less of a man. A songwriter like Brian gave Australian men an excuse to get in touch with their softer sides. There's no doubting that generations of Aussie babies have been gently rocked asleep in their father's arms while he softly sings Little Ray of Sunshine to his precious bundle of joy. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. And and it was a time like that. And it was also not a time when any pop or rock group anywhere in the world, with the exception of the Beatles, I think, basically wrote about little babies. No one wrote a song about a baby, you know. It wasn't very rock and roll, (laughs) which is why I never thought it would ever be recorded or ever be a single because it was just something I wrote for this little girl. But when you think about it, it was an unusual subject and maybe it worked for it in a way because it wasn't certainly like anything else that was around. One morning in early 1970, Brian woke up and he was ready to write a song. He called out to his mum to hold off cooking his breakfast for a bit and he set about writing A Little Ray of Sunshine. Absolutely. But that happens to me all the time. I mean, I call them, I call them pangs, and I can't explain them. They just happen, and they don't necessarily just happen in the morning. Although mostly I write in the beginning of the day because your head's a bit clearer than it might be at night. Um, it, but this was just something I got out of bed, and I was, it just started, you know, coming at me. And so I, <laughs> you know, I said to her, no, "Don't cook anything yet. You know, I just want to see if I can get this to work." And I was, and I basically. Had I didn't have all the words, but I had the structure of the song and a lot of the words. Um, and then she, and then we had breakfast. <laughs> the baby girl who was the subject for a little ray of sunshine didn't have the easiest of starts. However, she has grown up to have a wonderful life. She doesn't know that she was Brian's inspiration for writing the song, but it gives him enormous satisfaction to have watched her succeed in life over the years. No, she doesn't, and I don't see any reason to tell her because it, you know it wasn't a. It wasn't a great 
thing that happened. It was fairly sad and, and certainly frustrating as hell. It was all part of that era, you know, it's far too many drugs and far too many everythings. And, and I just figured, you know, I know who she is and, of course, and I saw her not so long ago, actually, um, and she's just a fabulous adult, fabulous gal. You know, that's all I ever wanted. I didn't, you know, particularly want to, you know, it may not have worked out that she wanted to know, to be honest. And I don't know whether she, well, it doesn't matter. It's too complex a story. But just let's say that um, I wouldn't tell her, um, and I don't think she needs to know. But I thank her for um, giving me an opportunity to write that song. Glenn Shorrock would go on to have great success as the front man with the Little River Band. They would become international superstars, selling over 30 million records worldwide. Here's a quick reminder of the amazing success of LRB.
Rightly regarded as one of Australia's finest vocalists, Glenn, ever the perfectionist, isn't entirely happy with his vocals on Little Ray of Sunshine. Although Caddy, or probably anyone else on the planet who isn't named Glenn Shark, thinks that he nailed it. That's right. And, and, you know, I've sat, you know, in interview situations, not like this one, but, you know, in studios with, and you know, the, the, the announcer will say, you know, the guy interviewing us will, or gal will say, you know, so Glenn, you know, what's your, you must be really happy with the song. And he always says, well, yeah, but I'd like to do the vocal again. And, and, you know, which is ludicrous at 50 years later, but, and, and it just bugs him. There's a couple, and it's, I'm not, it's not even worth telling you. There's a few notes in there that he thinks are a bit sus. Now, every singer thinks like that. You know, you always think, oh, geez, I wish I hadn't gone there. I wish I'd sung over there somewhere. But it just bugs him. And I think it bugs him because it was such a big hit and everyone knows every note in the song. Um, but I think he's also a grouchy old man now, so he, I, can let him, I can let him get away with that. The B-side to Little Ray of Sunshine was the song Ford's Bridge. Little Ray of Sunshine was released in March 1970 and reached number 5 on the national charts. The song came from the album Fool's Gold. Okay, that's enough of the talk. Here's Little Ray of Sunshine by Axiom. Father says she has to have a name Not the same as her mom's But a name just the same a little ray of sunshine has come into the world. A little ray of sunshine in the shape of a girl. We'll show her the dress that she'll wear with the gold flowing hair. That nature provided A little ray of sunshine Has come into the world A little ray of sunshine In the shape of a girl A little ray of sunshine I wanna know Grandma has bought her Our own little daughter 
Thanks for listening to Awesome Aussie Songs. Thanks to Brian for your time, and thanks to Axiom for the music. Hi, this is Molly. You've just listened to a podcast brought to you by Marcos Promotions, written and produced by my dad, Sheldon the Kangaroo Kip. And presented by Josh Urson. This is Molly Kidd saying to my good friend, Holly Kirsten, Hit it, girl! Such a beautiful